to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast. I'd have no idea what I normally say. Hey, welcome to episode 240. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing you need so some well. Practice, right? I know I haven't had enough. Hello and welcome to episode 426 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Chris. Welcome along to your weekly fix of not being able to think properly. I don't know what's going on actually. Yeah, uh, yeah welcome along. Hello, uh, what's been happening? What's been happening? I first of all I want to say hello to Lucy. Uh, who I think you might remember, and Quentin and Jason. So, what's Jason? Uh, Jason Lurkett. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I so don't know about Lucy. Um, uh. She goes, Oh, Sam, yeah, no, he's the, um, he's the guy f- f- from Twitter. I, I, I met him a couple of times. I'm like, okay. I'll know her this if will, I saw this her. This is back in the day of the yeah, probably social media club Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way yeah. back in the day. So, yeah, I caught up with her. We, um, somebody I knew from out of town, like I've met her a couple of times, and we were in a mastermind thing, so I've seen her a lot more on, on, on uh, Zoom calls and what have you. Yes. Uh, she was coming down to, to Hamilton. Oh, who's, who's down there? We'll have lunch. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's cool. Because now I you know, work at home by myself. It's I got to take these opportunities, get out and when meet people, can. right? Yeah, yes. when I can. So, um, fortunately, Lucy showed, showed up because apparently, well, that morning, um, the chick that organised it, Verity, so she had a whole bunch of yeah, people yeah, in the yeah. area, we're all going to go there. I think there was seven or eight of us, and uh, Verity, uh, somebody died. Oh, I don't no. know who, and so Verity cancelled that morning. Of course, I didn't check my emails no, no, that no, morning because, no, no. you know, I'm me. And <laughs> I, I will say you're very consistent. <laughs> so I turn up and I go, oh, so we've got a table under the name of Verity. And she goes, nope. no, you don't. Well, where, no, you where, don't. You, where was this? Uh, Joe's Garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I've got the email. I'm like, she's reading the email. She goes, no, we don't have anything like that. And I'm like, God damn. And then uh, Lucy turned up and I vaguely recognized her. And I did actually remember her name. I was pretty impressed oh, with wow. myself. Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, um, and I remembered what she used to do because she was a copywriter when I yeah. um, last spoke oh, to cool. her. So anyway, yeah, so she turned up to cancel the booking because nobody's coming. Uh, and uh, she goes, I said, well, I'm here. We could have lunch. So we did. It was good. We had a good chat for an hour. Uh, and where, how does Quentin and that come into oh, the picture? So when I was going back to the car, I thought, oh, I should stop in and see Quentin because I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. S- stopped in and saw him. He was in a meeting at the time. So I was stood outside to- the window staring at him. <laughs> yeah, glass, yeah, glass meeting room. Intently. Um, no, I, I chatted to Jason for a bit. Until, How's Jason? Uh, yeah, he's good. I haven't he's seen good. him in ages. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to remember when the last time – he did sort of say when the last time – was but yeah, Quentin. It's so funny. Like I'm catching up with Quentin, and I'm like, "So, uh, what have you been up to?" Oh yeah, yeah. So I've been up to. He goes, "Don't bother. I know exactly what you've been up to. I know everything." Forget that he <laughs> listens. Hi, Quentin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was cool. That was cool. Excellent. Talking about Twitter stuff. It's been happening all this week. Holy crap! Yes. I don't know what have what you've been seeing. So initially, to start off with. I got a couple of mentions like last week or something like that. And there's a guy uh, who I can't remember the name of right this second. So this guy has been doing New Zealand Twitter moments lately. And it's hashtags. So way back in the, um, I think this guy's name's Nick. We'll go with Nick. Way back in uh, lockdown, he started doing these polls on Twitter. 
and it was like favorite pie type, favorite pizza topping, and it was a whole yeah. um, battle. So they'd vote, and then you go to the next round, vote, get to the next round, vote to get the next round. So he did his very last one this week, um, and it was New Zealand Twitter moments hashtags, and uh, it started with a whole bunch of stuff, and these were the last four that got to battle it out. Hashtag New Zealand hellhole. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. Uh, Gentleman Jim. People were really excited about whatever that story was. I have no idea because I have not been on Twitter. So that happened. Uh, New Zealand Secret Santa and uh, Spread Your Legs. So, uh, the bo- and, and just so that the audience know, yeah. Sam was involved in Spread Your Legs. I mean... Uh- <laughs> New Zealand Secret Santa. Sam was the founder or the creator of uh, 2010 is when I created that. Yeah, yeah. Which is mental. Yeah. Time flies. Um, That was like four years before this podcast even started. Yeah, yeah, ages ago. So uh, in the final round, it was Gentleman Jim versus New Zealand Secret Santa. New Zealand Secret Santa won on votes. Very good. Cool. Uh, And then yesterday, yesterday I think it was, they cancelled New Zealand Secret Santa. Damn. Because... The team that are running it now, who are really awesome, built an app, and because of the new API pricing of $42,000 a month or whatever bloody Elon's done, it's not sustainable. So they basically just canned it last night, and my phone started blowing up because everybody just said thanks. Um, But what some people were doing is they're sort of like, I can't remember what the hashtag is now, it's something like, oh, Secret Santa's revealed. (laughs) People are like, I brought for this person, this person, and this person. So I just got this message from somebody 43 minutes ago. It says, Sam is the legend of New Zealand Secret Santa. What I want to know, though, Sam, is did your sister chuck out the clock I sent as part of her Secret Santa gift? She didn't seem very enamored. I have no (laughs) idea what that means. So I'm going to have to find out from my sister. uh, I don't even know she took part. I don't even know what's going on. So um, That's hilarious. Uh, if If you're listening to this and you're not sure much about this, I highly recommend you go on to YouTube. I forget I did this. And look up uh, Sam's uh, TEDx Ruakura speech. So just TEDx Sam, Web Sam, or... New Zealand Secret Santa. New Zealand Secret Santa. Yeah. Or Twitter Secret Santa. Yeah, yeah. It'll be one or the other. Yeah. And uh, you'll find uh, Sam's TED Talk. So uh, have a listen to that. That's right. I forget I've done that and I probably don't mention it enough. (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Yep. Uh, And then this week we've been dealing with a rat. It's living under a kitchen sink. That's good. Oh, really? So uh, I thought it was a mouse. I think it might have been a mouse first. That's good. Now it's just a fat mouse or otherwise no. known as a rat. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. So went to Bunnings, went and got some bait. Thought that'd be good. They'd sold out of almost everything. I'm not paying $70 for a bucket of it. So they have a single use uh, block of bait sealed in a plastic container that a mouse can get into. Right? So that's cool. Put that under there. That's all good. And then I get a video I get a video from Sarah. She goes, I'm in the bedroom, but I can hear it. It's under the sink. And there's this video of her like pointing the phone at the sink and you just hear it's like destroying everything in this like thing, right? Okay. So that's all good. And then in the morning we look and the rat obviously can't fit into the little mouse hole. So it just ate the bottom of this container out, ate all of the bait. One gram of this bait will kill a mouse. And then I don't know how much a rat needs to eat. He's eaten two and a half blocks at the moment. We have to get more bait. Uh, yeah, he was eating. He was in there earlier this afternoon. Why, eating why it. am I thinking of the fat bastard off, off the movie? 
Gold member, you know. The, yeah, 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 Austin yeah. Powers. Austin Powers, that's one. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, uh, <laughs> the rat comes and visits us. I bet you a rat has a Scottish accent. It I just totally does in my head. It can't get out of the drawer, so we've taken everything out of the drawer, which is good, so it's completely empty, there's nothing in it, and he's just in there eating all his bait. So tomorrow morning I will see how much more bait I need to put in there. Um, you should have come with a bucket at 78 bucks. It might have been a bu- bargain by the time yeah, you're I done. know. Uh, <laughs> it takes up to 10 days, apparently. They just keep eating it. Damn. Uh, it dehydrates them out, uh, I think. I don't know. It can't be good. Hopefully it goes outside and dies somewhere because that'll be the next thing. I do have traps and stuff downstairs, but nothing else is touching that. So I think it comes under the deck or under where the pool is. In the house, and then all the way along the pipe under the roof of the garage, and then straight up into the kitchen because it doesn't seem to want to go anywhere else. Have I told you a story about when there was a a rat in um, Tasha's room? I before don't you, before no, you moved out. I don't think so. So my flatmate, I, yeah. I was flatmates with Tash, and at that time Tash worked the weekends um, in uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of the pizza places. I forget Domino's or something okay. like that. She was managing a Domino's, and so. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm watching TV. It's just me in the house and, and the cat, her cat, Jack. Yeah. And um, I I hear a, a noise and I, I stop the video or whatever I'm watching and I'm listening. Oh, nothing. And, I, and then I hear a noise again. I stop it. And finally, I go in and so we live by the river. Yeah, yeah. Jack, it was a big muscular cat. I ended up going, she, when Tash went overseas, she gave it to her. Dad and he loved the farm. Apparently, this cat would have been made for the farm. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So it had gone down the river, found a rat, and brought it back into the bedroom, and yes, it was playing did. with it. Yeah. And I, I rang her, and, and I'm like, uh, Tash. She goes, Why are you ringing me at work? I'm like, um, I thought I should let you know, just so you don't freak out when you get home. There's a rat in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, then I said something I always regret. I'm like. Do you want me to do something about it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, famous ass words, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know no. why I even asked. No. Like, she goes, no, you've got to get rid of it. I'm like, oh, God damn it. So I ended up finding a um, a big pail with a lid. I don't know what it was, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. Um, and I went in and I find it does scary things when they cornered it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, I know. It looked a lot bigger than when it was dead. But anyway, so I finally got it into this bucket. Put slap the lid on, left it outside, and um, I, I just left it in the bucket. Yeah, and she right. goes, "Oh, so what did you do with the rat?" It's in the bucket. I said, "I, I outside in the garden in a bucket yeah. with a lid on it. What are you going to do with it?" <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea. I ended up opening it a bit, <clears throat> filling it with water, so it started coming out and <laughs> closing it, and didn't get it out till it's drowned. And we, when I got it out, she goes, "Oh, that's not very big." I'm like. Yeah, should have seen yeah. it. <laughs> you should have seen it uh, running around, going yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, good. That's my, yeah. Not the greatest story, but it's my rat story. Hey, I've got a scenario for you. Uh huh. We'll see how you answer this. Hey, um, you you own a Mercedes Benz SUV, right? Nice, nice. And part of the deal was, as advertised, it was supposed to have a tow bar, right? Okay. So it doesn't have a tow bar. So you know what I'd be doing? What? I'd be looking for a button on the dashboard that extends the tow bar. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I will have to say from the start, I think there's some sort of PR thing going on against Mercedes. There's these weird stories coming out of Mercedes having trouble with seatbelts and stuff and um, they're failing in one model and then now this story. 
and they just something's going on i think it just feels a bit odd feels right? a bit odd but anyway okay. this you'll love this story so this guy he he persists he goes back and they so the dealer says hey the ad was an error and he complained now i will say that this car cost $145,000 right yeah okay and they're like well we can pay half of the $3,000 cost which is crap eh that's stupid so the dude, he's still ha- unhappy about it. Um, and within three weeks of buying it, he goes to the Motor Vehicle Dispute Tribunal, right? They wanted to return the car for a re- full refund. Now, how much do you ask for in compensation? Remember, this has no tow bar. Everything else about this car, as far as I'm aware, is amazing. Now, you want some compensation, Chris, and it's to do with um, humiliation, mental distress, suffering and dignity and the pain that you've had to go with for three weeks without a tow bar. Now, I don't know what this guy's going to... I'd probably ask for 10000 knowing that I'd get much less than that. No, you asked for $50 million. <laughs> You're joking. No, I'm not. $50 million, Chris. The stress of not having a tow bar. So... <laughs> Oh, my God. What do you think we are? Fox News? <laughs> so they say no to that, surprisingly. So they're like, okay, 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 okay. $100,000. Final offer. That's what we want as compensation. For a $145,000 car without a tow bar, give us $100,000. Tribunal's like, no. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, they pointed out that the car is still drivable, even though there's not a tow bar on it. And you can easily install a tow bar for a lot less than what you're asking for. Um, and there's a high threshold for general damages and all that. So, yeah. And so they, they didn't say, well, hang on, let's just put that $3,000 tow bar in there? They did offer to then install it at their own cost. Oh, okay. But he says, no, we're going to chew and on, uh, whatever their names are, they're going to carry on. With the claim. Oh, dude. What is the point? I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I, don't I, thought, know. I thought you'd like that one. I hope your neighbours like that too, because I got quite <laughs> animated then. To, they're like, what is going on? Yeah, because it's so quiet in my place normally. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Every I, now and then there's some dude yelling downstairs. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And the other guy's he's just trying, laughing. He, he's trying to do an introduction to something, but he keeps stuffing it up. <laughs> Um, I got a couple of interesting stories here. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting, and I might mention the the source, although I, I want to keep the source quiet because I think it. it's where I want to keep getting some stories okay. from going forward. It's a podcast, but um, they do um, science e stuff, and okay. there was a science paper recently. So this comes out weekly, and I, I think this was the latest episode or, or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a, a, a paper being done recently. I haven't got all the details. I just want to tell the story because I think it's hilarious. They did magic tricks for monkeys. Okay, yeah. So they did, Are they simple ones, like something the, disappears? It's just one simple trick, mm. and it's the coin. When you hold the coin, oh, yeah, yeah. you grab the coin with your other hand, and actually you're just dropping it yeah, into yeah. your palm, Yeah, and then you go... Dude, you know, at, dude open, at work open. does that. Dude at work is a magician. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, if you're a monkey, <laughs> yeah. it all depends whether you get it, whether you have the proper opposable thumbs. Oh, So okay. when they did it with monkeys, so they did, uh, I forget how many, it was like 
six, seven species yeah, of monkeys, yeah. right? As, you know, as and, you should. I'm always yeah, yeah. doing at least five in You've my experiments. You've got to go with diversity you in have these to. experiments. Because right? if you don't, somebody's going to feel hurt and you, the woke culture will not like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So the ones that had opposable th- thumbs that could see what you were doing, they you know, it, it basically had put both hands out and they used treats. Okay. They used different treats, actually. So for certain monkeys, they used grapes. Some mm. monkeys, they used mealworms. That would have been a fun uh, magician trick to get used to manipulating Making, yeah. mealworms. I assume they're wriggling because who wants a dead mealworm? Of course. And um, others were like nuts or peanuts or whatever. So they do this thing. And then they 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 pretend to grab it with one hand. They hold both hands out. And the uh, um, monkeys with opposable thumbs would always go for the hand that yeah, okay. They've manipulated yes. that it's empty. And the ones that don't have mani- uh, opposable thumbs just went for the hand that it was in because they couldn't see how, you, oh, how okay. they yeah, grabbed yeah, it. Yeah. So that was interesting. So, and, and the whole point of this was they, the, the paper's saying that what's happening is the mirror neurons that, you know, so this is where empathy comes from. Yeah. If you see somebody get kicked in the nuts, you go, oh, uh, there's a mirror neuron <laughs> response, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So if you don't have nuts, you probably don't go, mm, tell no, me no. later, girls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so anyway. Vice versa when they're giving birth and we're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the mums out there. Mother's Day is coming up. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, like we care. Um, <laughs> That's a bit rough. Your mum listens to this podcast. She's looking forward to Mother's Day from you. She wants something. I don't think I've given her a Mother's Day gift ever. I don't think It's ever. never too so. late to start. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. Um, anyway, so, um, but what, so what they did then is they did the trick in a different way so it's not the opposable thumbs. I forget exactly how because oh, okay. I've okay. read it. So, But anyway, when they did it, in that way, like ninety nine percent of the monkeys don't fell know. for it. Yeah, okay. yeah, because of, because of that thing. But I thought it was interesting because it means that you can only really elicit a response from people that share your um, abilities or beliefs. I guess. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you expand it, it's beliefs, mm. right? So yeah, I thought it was interesting. That's pretty cool. Like it's amazing what they come up. They're like, you know what we should do? <laughs> yeah, I've got a magician out the back, and we hired him. We've already paid him. I need him to do something. Well, I've got six monkeys over here. Let's go. Yes, I'm not sure that's the order in which it goes, but yeah, all right, I'll go with it. No, no, in my head, that is how it worked. Okay, they've got a wardrobe, a dude. There's, there's a dude there, and they're like, "Who's that?" Hey, it's three o'clock. Who have we got coming in the door today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the plumber? No, no, it's a magician. Oh, yeah, let's, let's try some experiments. That's right, exactly. It makes sense when you think about yeah. it. This is what we're all about at the Chris and Sam podcast. <laughs> Thought experiments. Is that what we call it? Yeah, let's call it that. Okay. Well, I, I, want to read, I want you to tell me about this bird thing. That's what I, I thought you were going to tell me about. Oh, okay, Where's, where is that? Um, basically, that is... So there's, these taxidermied birds... Yes. Where is that? On the list, down the bottom. Oh, right down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> dead birds in New Mexico. The researchers have basically been getting taxidermied birds, putting um, propellers on them and stuff. So they're like, hang on, we've got some propellers in the corner, <laughs> and I found some dead birds. <laughs> yeah, I see how it works. So hang yeah. on. But- yeah. So the, the, the taxidermy bird drones. There's a horrible picture if you want to see it. Here, oh, I do. <laughs> what is 
Hang on. What is going on? There's almost no point to it. Uh, that's going to be the photo of the show. It's this terrible bird. And hang on. It's a terrible it's, photo. It's hang on. Hang on. This is, no, no. It's wildlife monitoring. It's even better. It's developed by the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology. Yeah. They're giving dead birds a new life. I don't think the dead birds want it. <laughs> okay. I'm now reading so, this. So, so, so they're, they're basically looking at how birds um, do flight patterns and stuff. I was thrown by that whole mining technology thing at the first at all, as well because I was like, I know mines use um, drones to get footage, and I thought it was like – Oh, they just didn't want to upset the local wildlife oh, with yeah. the drones. Yeah, yeah. I assume that. But then they start talking about um, how they can make aerodynamics more efficient by learning how flocks of birds interact and yeah. fly. And the only way they can get close enough to see the birds is if they send a zombie amongst them. Because <laughs> that's obviously can the I, best thing you can do. Can I <laughs> send a <for> zombie? <laughs> a weekend at Bernie and a bird. And the other birds don't know. <laughs> can I read this quote? Yeah, go for it. This is the best quote. We came up with this idea that we can use dead birds and make them into a drone, he said. Everything is there. We do reverse engineering. <laughs> okay, dude. Uh, okay, so yes, the current taxidermy bird prototype only flies for a maximum of 20 minutes. So the next stage is to figure out how to fly longer and conduct tests in the wild among living birds. Yes, I haven't even done that yet, so I don't know. But there was that um, BBC thing, um, um, Flying With Birds or something, it was... They had those okay. imaginative names back then because um, they had the ocean one and they had that and they had one with birds and it had the most amazing footage because they were sending drones up. Yes. Or they had cameras on birds, I forget. I think they had cameras on the back of pigeons or birds. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think they were strapping. And apparently them. it was amazing to watch. I just never watched it. Everyone was talking about it. That was a decade ago probably. Yeah. But anyway, um, okay. Talking so, about aviation though, uh, so when COVID hit, they had to ground a bunch of planes. And because they weren't going to use them, but they still want the planes. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, where are we going to put them? So they put them in the Mojave Desert, super dry. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Now, um, Qantas and that are bringing some of these big planes back. So they're like A380 super jumbos. <laughs> don't don't tell me this MF pl- snakes on those MF planes. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I was going to swear and then I thought, oh, I can't. No. I can't. So, but these planes have been there for a thousand days, just sitting in the desert. And the story is pretty interesting. To revive an A380, it takes four and a half thousand hours of manpower to get it back up to spec. Actually, I think that's just to get it up to spec to fly out of the desert. Then it goes somewhere else and they do more work on it. Um, they got to replace every oxygen cylinder, all the fire extinguisher, all the slides, all the wheels have to be replaced, all the brakes, internal furnishings. They got to go through the wiring and stuff. But they flew a hundred engineers out there, and they're just working in extreme weather conditions. It goes from snow and ice to extreme heat, and there's dust everywhere, and they have to coat everything inside it in plastic to get rid of all the moisture, protect it from moisture, dust, and insects. I just thought it was an interesting read. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting. So the, the question is, like, isn't it just better we go. To, to build a new one? Like, 
Like, I don't think so. I think the to- it, the only problem there is the time, right? The time frame would be quicker to. I still think you're saving a ton of money, like thing. But I'm thinking, why aren't these? I don't know. If, uh, the, I think they just sit there as they are. I don't know why they're not like shrink wrapped. I don't know if that could work. Maybe the temperature's too extreme. Yeah, or they take the uh, interior out in a warehouse in a yeah, normal maybe. place and then put the fuselage out in the desert. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's just, yeah, I never really thought of it, but this is, they've got all these planes sitting around and that's crazy. it takes them a while to sort it out. That's crazy. Um, what else? Oh, I, I, have you heard about this cat thing? I didn't know about this. Is this the one they cancelled? They're yes. going to shoot the cats? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So uh, let me just open it up. So, so this was uh, from a... Down south somewhere, right? Yeah, this is an overseas blog thing that I'm I'm looking at. Oh, okay. Because, um, you know, I don't that makes New sense. Zealand news. <laughs> but basically, um, competition in New Zealand for children to hunt and kill feral cats has been scrapped, fo- scraps, sorry, following a public outcry. Yeah. The feral cat hunt had a top prize of 250 New Zealand dollars. Um, and the hunt is still going ahead in other categories. It's just the kids one. They decided they'd better stop. So it was under 14s. Yeah. And they're going, go out and shoot some feral cats. It was um, like a real long period, though, eh? Uh doesn't actually say. I'm sure clear. it was like three months or something. It was like it how wouldn't, many? wouldn't surprise me, because yeah. it's like a hunting season, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Because they do it with possums and stuff normally. The category, which came with a warning for youngsters not to kill pets, <laughs> it's been scrapped. Yeah. Which I think was, you know, that's the point. First of all, okay, I'm not big on killing any animals. Yeah, yeah. In, in just a general sense. But I don't really have a problem with killing those feral yes. things that screw up our, our native bush or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So possums, rats, rabbits, and feral cats. I don't know why people don't lump them in with the rest because yeah, if they're feral, they're feral. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? So... I don't have a problem with that, but I do really think it's not something you should be getting the kids to do. Yeah, okay. Personally. What do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, it's the it's country life, and I'm sure that they go and shoot possums and stuff anyway. I don't think there's much difference. I don't know. Like, I know there's an outcry, and there was some, and they went, there was women says, I'm worried about the cats, and she went to the SPCA, and they were going to investigate it, then they've decided to shut it down. But in reality, I don't know how many domestic cats would have been caught up in that. Yeah. Because you'd be in the wherever, in the bush, in wherever, um, in the plains or whatever, down south probably, and you'd be just doing rabbit, and then, oh, there's a rando cat, middle of nowhere. So I've been feeding this cat, oh, not a lot, like a couple of times. Okay. But it's turning up on my door. It's skittish as hell. It's, it looked skinny as hell. Mm. Uh, it had some wounds in its back, and I was oh, like, this, this uh, is getting, Yeah, it's a good-looking good cat. Anyway, so I, I gave it some food. It's the next-door neighbor's cat, I found out. Oh, my since. gosh. <laughs> like, They're not uh, doing a good job. I think, it, I think a, a dog or something had taken a bite of it. Yeah. That's what yeah. the back wounds mm, are. Gross. Um, and which is why it's skittish, I would imagine, too. <laughs> like, That's you know, right. That you makes, do have dog makes sense. You do have dog-like features. <laughs> so um, a dog-like bark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I we had a, a feral cat that would um, actually got into – where I used to work at Gilmore's. Oh, yeah. And we ended up getting a, a trapper to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's it's dead. Like, it was killed. And the 
the warehouseman was so upset about this, he cancelled the guy coming out to get it. Oh. And then the boss found out and brought him back in. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get people get a, an emotional attachment, but if you have an emotional attachment, stop eating meat, and then we'll talk. But it's, I think part of it is because you have a domestic version of the wild version. Mm. We don't usually have a domestic possum that's hanging around. Yeah, exactly. We don't have, and domestic rabbits are usually in cages, mm. whatever. So it's sort of, yeah, I get it, but. Uh, oh well, um, I mean they got they got, uh, and I wonder if they get that publicity helps more people want to enter the other categories or lie about their age. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 14, really. <laughs> Sorry, you'll like this one. The psychics have been challenged. Ooh. So the uh, Skeptic Society of New Zealand, I think it is. Pretty sure that was. They have put up a hundred thousand dollar prize. If they can prove that the powers, uh, they've actually got the powers they're profiting from. And they've gone after three well-known New Zealanders. Um, Well-known psychic. Yeah, apparently. So it's the New Zealand Skeptic Society chairperson, Craig Shearer. If you can demonstrate your abilities work, then why wouldn't you do that? Like, it's $100,000. Yeah, yeah. So they've gone to Calvin Cruikshank. He's the guy that was famous on the uh, Sensing Murder. Right, yeah, yeah. Wrote a bunch of books and people like that. They then went after, they approached that Ken Ring dude. Remember yeah, him, yeah. the moon? He he did a TEDx talk in TEDx oh, Auckland. Yeah, yeah. I went to, and loads, because I had no idea mm. who he was. Yeah. And loads of people were absolutely upset that he got given a chance to, to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't know who he was. And this was early, this was when, before you could buy tickets. They didn't sell tickets. It was only for people in the know. And yes. you know, um, I was there because I was an author. Um, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was. Um, so he's, yeah, he's a long. He's a bit loony too. Yeah. He's a long range forecaster. He writes this book that comes out. And um, he says that uh, the long range weather almanac. Farmers love it. It helps them with their crop production and all of this. And he also comes out with all his rando predictions about earthquakes. And they never came to a thing. I'm sure I've spoken about him before on the podcast back in the day. I'm sure you have, yeah. But he just uses generalities, apparently, and his wide margins of time, you know, he's pretty hit and miss. Apparently, it doesn't really matter. And then they went after this other woman called Kirsten Taylor, who's a naturopathic uh, person who's advertised as being uh, to help people sleep. So she said, she's actually come out with a statement and said, hey, I appreciated the offer of the terms, but she didn't meet its criteria for excellence in research. Uh, So she does that sleep drops company. I don't know if you heard of them. They got funding from Callahan Innovation, um, and they're actually going through a whole bunch of studies at the moment with the world's largest sleep, sleep technology companies to accurately measure and do trials of the products. So hang on. So what makes her a psychic? No, it's people. It's not. It's not a hundred percent psychics. All right. It's people that. Yeah. Quacks. Yes, but she sort of said, "Hey, look, I don't fit the criteria because we are doing scientific studies with some of the biggest things in the world. We don't have the data yet, and we're trying to figure out. Like, yeah. So her one is a bit weird. Once we've got the data, we'll submit that, and you can give us that hundred thousand dollars, which maybe you'll pay for the data. Or if she uh, never gets the data, you'll never hear from her again. Yeah, so yeah. he's saying that they're profiteering off just mumbo-jumbo, basically. Yeah. But she's, I, I think the, she's the more legitimate one than I mean, the other you two. know, clairvoyance that, you know, prey on people about, you know, connecting with their 
their loved ones, they are so low on the totem pole in my estimation. That's what this they, guy says. Yeah, they are right down there just below priests. Grief, just above priests. Grief actually. vampires is what he calls them. Ooh, I that's out, great. That's I've a never great been term. to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Clairvoyant. I've got a random story. Used to work at a place. There was an Irishman, and for some reason, he went to this Clairvoyant. There's somebody in the Waikato that's booked out 18 months in advance. Apparently really good. I, I've heard it a couple of times. I don't know who this person is. I don't know where they are. Probably going to assume they're in Raglan. Just generalisation. <laughs> That's where all the crystals hang out. But I used to work at the power company, and he went there. He said he came back, and she told him all this stuff, and he goes, I shit you not. She said, you work with two Sams. At the, there's two Sams that work at your company. One of them, not me, the other one, is surrounded by electricity all the time. And he's a live line, um, live, live line mechanic. So he works on power lines live. And he just goes, yes. <laughs> like, it was just the randomest thing that someone could say. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, okay. And then she told him about some stuff that was going to happen with his son in the future. Yeah. But she picked my, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, I there's, a, there's a whole fascinating thing around cold reading. Which, oh, no, totally. Yeah, you know, I get that. Like, but. No, I know. And it, it can feel like magic. You know, at the end of the days, we're monkeys with opposable thumbs. That's what you've got to take from this podcast. <laughs> that, bring, <laughs> that brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a good wrap-up. <laughs> yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, give us some comments, some feedback, some likes, and remember to share it with your friend. Yes, please do that. You just need one. <laughs> Okay, until Bye. next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.